You are listening to Personal Branding Exposed with Megan McNeil. Each episode will explore different areas of personal branding and how you can build, maintain, and leverage off your own personal brand. Here's your host, Megan. So work with B, obviously a bit of a play on words there as well. I love that. Um, but it's you talking we, so there's obviously more than just you now in this agency. Yeah, so I guess that's something we probably get to at some point in this conversation since it's a part of my brand now, another human. Uh, so yeah, I have had an employee, the beautiful Alex, since November, who is incredibly intelligent and I'm super lucky to have her on side. So she has a degree in business accounting and loves Excel spreadsheets. So she's in, we're all good. We've got it all happening. Oh God, everyone needs someone who loves Excel in their life, I reckon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> data input, I love that. Oh. I know. I, I used to like data input like when I was younger because it's, I mean, it's mindless in the sense that you just copy and paste, repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. But, you know, after a certain um, point, you kind of go, oh, not again, not another Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, no, not for me. Never was, never will be. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> So let's go back to school. So what was 15-year-old Brit thinking she was going to do? Because a virtual assistant definitely didn't exist back then. (laughs) No. 15-year-old Brit liked playing ice hockey and soccer in her free time. Like going to school because it was the social thing. Like It's where I saw my peeps. Teachers would all say I was a bad student, but I was also their friend. So they still loved me. I just wasn't a good student. Um, And I guess at that time the push was you go to university like there wasn't a whole lot of talk about trades and if there was it was like you know some of the guys probably from the mountain a lot of stereotypes and generalizations around people happening saying those guys might go to become a mechanic or diesel mechanic so they can work on the family farm and stuff like that there was no like you could be a massage therapist you could be anything you could be a diesel mechanic um it was university so as I kind of went through high school, I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a phys ed teacher. Maybe I'll be a social worker. And I had a few ideas, which all led me to a Bachelor of Arts, which, you Bachelor of Arts degree. So I went to university with everyone else, marched my way to an island. I was there for a good time, not a long time. So um, yeah, uni was prime time for me. Loved that. Didn't learn a whole lot before I took off. Um, to come to Australia. And that's when the story starts to kind of really change and take off for me. I think that's where there's a big change these days where, you know, it's not just university is your own, only option. Because I was the exact same as you, because we're obviously the same age group, um, different sides of the world. Obviously, I was in Scotland. But, you know, it was, if you got the grades, it was what university you're going to, what you're going to study. It wasn't what you're actually interested in and what might you do with your life. So it's interesting how things are changing. I love that there's a lot more vocational stuff that um, kids are kind of encouraged to go and do now. But yeah, this is about you, Britt. So you have finished university. Uh, you've obviously learned something. Um... Well, it, so I, I dropped out, full disclosure. I dropped out of university at that point, came to Australia as a backpacker, yep. did the ground, went back to university. Ah, okay. So this is not when you've moved to Australia for moving, moving. This is just a visit at this point. Yeah, that, that was a backpacking adventure. I figured out probably it was heading into my third year uni. I think I was really involved in everything social. Um, I, was on, I can imagine. 
Right. You know, it was right in the student union office doing promotions, which I guess was my first bit at marketing. I was doing promotions for the student union, but it was really just a good time. So I left, I figured out I was just wasting money, really. I didn't feel like I was wasting time, but it was a lot of cash. So I came to Australia and I lived in Melbourne at first, then Tasmania, then Perth, then the wheat belt and did some backpacking a few months as a chunk of the year to do down the East Coast. And it was during that time that I started to obviously um, mingle with a lot of different people. And where I'm from, I think, you know, it's very different to here. It's small town, but there's a lot more acceptance and I don't know, like interest in people um, maybe because we're not so cultural, like there's not a whole lot of cultures coming in and out. So when they do, you're like, who are you? Like, love you hard. Um, when I came here, it was just like, wow, there's, you know, you're walking down through Flinders station and there's so many different people and groups of people and cultures. And I was amazed by it. And then I got into the backpacking community and that's a whole other world. And then living in a hostel in Tasmania, which was all new people and new experiences. And then finally ending up in a farming community, which also had a lot of dynamic in it. So by the time I was ready to go back to university, I'd figured out that I had started myself on the right path at university and had decided I was gonna major in sociology or psychology. And I stuck to that when I went back the second time, I just went into it with a lot more passion and drive and desire to learn about people and groups and how they operate. Um, so then I absolutely loved learning, like I frothed for university the second round. I also went to another university, which my friends weren't at, so I could focus better. That doesn't surprise me about the sociology, to be honest, because you are probably one of the most passionate people I know about causes. Like when you get a cause, you get stuck in and you're not afraid to shout about it and get really involved and you do your research, you really understand why you're you're passionate about that side of the argument, etc. So has that always been something with you or is that something that as, as an adult kind of developed? Where did that come about? I think it was probably more as an adult. Like I can, when I think back to my life growing up, there are definitely monumental moments, like being a female trying to play elite boys hockey. Well, not like elite, any Canadians out there, it was like double A. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that elite, but boys hockey at the age of 16. And you know that just didn't, in the minds of the men really, running the hockey system there in a small town, it didn't coexist. Like, how is she gonna be able to be part of the team if she's not in the locker room? And, you know, the segregation started to the point where I was forced out. I think those moments kind of growing up would have had an impact on that, but it wasn't until I was an adult and was able to kind of step more into that and learn about it, which would have happened in my first round of university. Um, but yeah, I think it's more, yeah, it continues to evolve. And I've also discovered that I'm quite an, empath when it comes to things and I can't fight for everything and I can't research everything because I take on too much. So I end up hurt or crying or in a ball somewhere because if it's something I'm really passionate about, I can find that it, it hurts me, which is really privileged of me to be able to be hurt for a lot of these things because I haven't lived, I haven't lived any of it really. 
No, but I think it's really important that people like you are a voice for it and can actually understand it because there's so many issues. Like I'm, like you said, there are so many issues in the world. You can't know about all of them. You can't understand them all fully. You can't get behind all of them properly. Um, so, you know, when something actually comes past you because either personal experience where you've met someone that's been impacted or you just see something that really triggers you, then yeah, like part of that privilege is the fact that we stand up and we say something about it is because what's that saying? Um, saying silence is bad is like being part of it. So yeah, yeah. that's good. Keep trying. <laughs> I'll keep trying. It's a hard world. It's a hard world. <laughs> Stay passionate, Brit. <laughs> All right. So we are with second second round of university, and you've now uh, you've got your degree in sociology. What's next? What what were you doing at this point? So at that point, I was in love with an Australian. <laughs> Of course you were. <laughs> um, and we had been doing long distance. Um, luckily, I don't know how, but we were able to wing it that he would come visit quite often. Um, I came here once in the duration of the two and a bit years. And then, then he took his long service leave. So he was able to come to Canada for a period of time over winter and live. And that was kind of at graduation time. Um, so at that point, I was like, you know, I want to be engaged. Like, <laughs> give me a plan, which was ridiculous. But anyways, we kind of did that. We needed to figure out a plan, but I really wanted to stay at home. I had a degree and I had a lot I wanted to do. And at that time, I really wanted to be working with um, youth and children that were kind of displaced, like we're living on the streets or we're in between places. And I was volunteering with an organization. And that was going really well, but the highest paying job was $12.50 ish with a university degree. And I had so much student debt um, and then Australia debt um, that I really wanted to pay off and I wanted to be independently paying that off. So uh, I guess for us, we had to look at our opportunities. My partner had been working for the same business for 10 years at that time. And I knew there was opportunities here for me. When I was here as a backpacker, I stumbled into a job for an agricultural machinery company, and they just wanted someone to help with admin, admin and marketing. Admin very much, marketing like this. Marketing at the time to them looked a lot like telemarketing. And I was kind of like, have you heard of social media? Like, you know, introducing things. But I hadn't done much marketing except for the like promoting the student union. So I was learning a lot and I could only work for people for six months. So then I had to leave and that's when I came back. So they had actually offered me a sponsorship and had been asking on occasion to come back and work with them as a marketing research analyst because with sociology and psychology, there's a lot of research that has to go into it. So eventually we caved. It was pretty much the perfect opportunity. It was in the same town as my partner and his work. It was going to pay me enough that I would be able to live and pay off my loans and you know be happy. Um, so yeah, we picked up and moved back here and I did that. So I stepped into a role of market research at that point for an agricultural company. Um, what year was that? Oh, 2016. Oh, okay. So not actually that. 2015, I graduated. So it was that same year. Okay, so not actually that long ago. You've been here living for four, four, nearly five years? 
yeah so living as like a person yes <laughs> yes and then two years as a backpacker so um right so now you're at this agricultural company you've got your marketing job there and you i presume you were there because i also i was in the same situation as you where i got my pr through wa farmers so you kind of got an obligation to stay there for a certain amount of time which was kind of half obligation half i just loved the job as well because i stayed there for about five years um at what point did you then move to another job or did you start work with b straight from that job Nope, so I stayed with that job for the four years that was required. Mm -hmm. um, I did, yeah, market research. We quickly kind of turned that into marketing markets, yep. marketing specialist. Um, mm -hmm. So we had to formally change that with the government. Um, we did a lot of work with a company in Perth called Brand Manager. I think they've changed their name now. Um, and they came in to teach us a lot more about marketing behind, like, the real big marketing and I was yeah. like tell me everything this is awesome I love this love you guys like yeah I was on the phone with them all the time and just was like I yeah this is cool I could do this and it totally changed the work for me at that point in time if any admin was ever thrown at me it was a hissy fit but full tanty because no I loved marketing and that was my job so don't yeah. you dare take it away from me now that I love it like fully into it um, getting to know the demographic was also, I guess that was a big drive for that job because they're farmers. Um, so friends, family. So, you know, you want to be giving them accurate information. You're interested in like, how do we get these farmers stuff in front of them? And yeah, I really liked that. So it was, um, I got pregnant, I had my baby and then, um, they did a big redundancy and I was handed one, which was a huge blessing, really. I ha had my own independent PR at that time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I thought this is the perfect time for me to step in to what I really want to do. I had no idea what I really wanted to do. Again, I went right back to, I'll work with kids and youth. So I'll work in Northern, the neighboring town. And I'll, I started um, volunteering at the local drug action group to try to get my foot in the door. And then one of our mutual friends, Tori, just kept saying over and over and over, like, there are these people called virtual assistants. You need to do it. You need to do it. You have so many more skills than these people. Like, everyone's just doing emails and admin. Like, imagine what you could do for people. And I'm like, you're crazy. No one in my family owns businesses. Like, it's just, it's not part of any part of my story growing up was to know people whose family had businesses. So I, um, yeah, I guess I just didn't listen for a long time. And then when I listened, it, that's when it all began. So then I started with B and that was the beginning. She does talk a bit of sense that Tori. So just as well, she she managed to get you to do that. Yeah, well, I was fortunate to have worked with Tori at the other jobs. So she knew a lot about me and my work. No. You've just said that when anyone was handing you um, any kind of admin stuff, you were like, nah, I'm out. But the marketing stuff you loved, yet you started a business as a virtual assistant, which when I think of virtual assistants or assistants of any kind, you you automatically think of those admin type tasks. I think the first conversation I had with you and I, my business was pretty new at that time. And I was like, as soon as I can afford you, I want you. Um, but you're just always booked out. So that just never happened. Um, 
was that I was like, I wanted to get rid of some of my bookkeeping and this admin stuff. And you're like, yeah, no, don't, don't do that. Just don't yeah. And I remember when you reached out to me, I like flagged you because I was super organized then. So I'm like, flag, she's a potential like a client. Um, but as soon as you asked for bookkeeping, I think from the beginning, I needed to know straight away yeah. what I wasn't going to do. And I was not going to do email management, admin, bookkeeping, anything that was going to stress me out. Um, yeah. Hands in the air, super transparent. I have super high functioning anxiety. So adding to that with like bookkeeping and keep being responsible for people's emails, um, that wasn't something I was willing to go in and mess up. So I was pretty straight up and down. These were my services. This is how I was going to offer them. I was willing to educate myself if things weren't working mm. um, to learn those skills and to be able to provide them. But fortunately for me, I didn't have to do that. And I think that's why the business has been successful is because of the services I was offering from the beginning and not the typical virtual assistant ones. Oh, 100%. And I think the fact that you're so niched in what you do, like, and you're very yes, no, yes, no, like, you know what it is that you do, because I, well, I've, I mean, I say it a million times a day, like, you've got to niche down, have your niche, like, the money is in the niche, it's not in being a generalist, it's the same, like, think of a doctor, you see a GP, not that much you go and see a specialist you're like god we're like i don't need to take a bank loan for us like it's just it doesn't matter what industry you're looking at if you're the specialist you're and you're niched you do manage to attract more you get better clients you attract more money etc and i think that's really important but you know you've already said that you've got like i think i'm a big believer you've got to be a generalist before you niche because you've got what you don't like because you know if not i'm saying do you want to do bookkeeping and you're like well i've never done it before i'll give it a try and then you end up going oh god no not for me and it just it gets you into like a hole of trouble and it's horrible especially when it's your business because you've got to dig yourself back out of that and you don't know how to run a business <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm pretty glad I didn't get myself in muddy waters there um from the beginning but as time went on and you know I've evolved a lot in the last 15 months of business figure out you know how working with clients is going to work better for me how many hours that looks like the packages that looks like and I like it hasn't been the perfect balance for me and I'm sure there are clients that would put their hands up and say it was there was big transitions that happened throughout it that was probably confusing at times even though you know you're always trying to maintain a level of transparency and communication um as a virtual assistant there's always people in your mental and physical space yeah. I have documents for people everywhere I go to bed thinking like oh, like I'm nervous about this or so-and-so's got a webinar tomorrow. Like, I wonder how many people they've had signed up. Like you're constantly putting yourself into other people's businesses. So as the business evolved and I real, like I got to know my clients really well, I realized that a lot of them were needing almost two virtual assistants. They had me doing a lot of their marketing stuff and then they had like an admin VA. And I felt kind of sad for them because that's a lot of people to need to communicate with. Um, outsourcing isn't always crystal clear. Having a team isn't always perfect. Like you have to communicate. It's a two-way street. And the more people you bring into your team, you know, the more murky it might get. It doesn't matter how good of a, I guess it could be really good if you're an excellent boss leader. But I just kind of started to feel a bit bad like there's so much back and forth and then in marketing i would go okay so 
we're doing this for your social media. You have this webinar coming up. These are the next four weeks worth of posts leading up to that. This is what I'm seeing on your website, and this is what we're going to need to see on your website. And then they would have to go back to someone else. And there was a lot of like do 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 in between. So I needed to create this like wholesome environment where we could like Brittany's at the top. Brittany can advise and be like, this is what we're going to do, and Brittany can take a big heap of those packages or those um, tasks, projects, do them and complete them. And then I need someone else beside me to a like keep me going. <laughs> Because I'm not the energizer bunny. I fall a lot. I need someone to keep me going, keep me organized, and to also offer that assistance and that extra level of like admin organization and brilliance to the business. And I tried with virtual assistants, <laughs> which is so bad to say, but it just it didn't work for me because what I needed and I knew from the beginning was someone who I could be transparent with my clients and say, this is X person they are going to be working with your stuff as well. With a VA, it was like secret. Like, I don't want them to know this person's my client. I don't want them to know what that client is launching. Like, you know, I needed to also, yeah, I was holding on to my client stuff and just coming up with random jobs for my business for them to do. Um, financially, it made no sense. It, it was a time commitment for me. So finding someone who could come into the business, be part of the brand, um, create, build that know, like, and trust with my clients and potential clients was really important to me. So that's when we brought in Alex so that with we could become more of a place where people could come and it was like, oh, it's a one-stop shop, but we just build with you. So yeah. if, we, if you're saying, I think I want to launch this ebook, can you help? We can sit down for an hour, blueprint it out, figure out who's going to do what jobs, what's technical, what's not and then you know launch it but that still takes the commitment of the person as well so um yeah and That's i have good. no idea how we got here <laughs> yes sorry. you do yes you do you've done a lot of hard work like it's you because i mean you've not had the business that long really what you even on two years yet no no so, like, launched on instagram december 2019 yeah see you're just a baby as well because I've, I've not even got my one year under my belt yet and if you ask anyone who had smooth sailing for their first year or any year in business like i don't think it exists <laughs> i know but it's so good for like looking back at it all and mm. the virus like what even is that and like having all of that and a toddler in the middle of first year business there's so much learning um super grateful for it i feel like it's pushed all of my boundaries and it's pushed all of all the parts of my brain <laughs> to be like, you have to sort this out now. So it's been very good. And throw so, a pandemic in the middle as well. I hate that. <laughs> Would not I, recommend. You know. Years, I do not recommend doing this. Well, yeah, but I'm even worse than you. I literally started in April 2020, which is, you know, the pandemic started, well, showed its head in March and by April was definitely here. <laughs> You know, I was lucky. I had clients under my belt. I had one person say they were going to have to leave. Yeah. And to be fair, I was grateful because at that point, Eliza had only been in daycare for a month at two days yeah. a week. I was just getting in a routine of what work days even looked like for me up to that point, which was just evenings and weekends. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was fortunate to have a client leave and a few clients stay on. Um, and they just had to know, like, this is how it is. I've got a toddler. 
there's no, like, if you have an urgent project, you have to tell me and you still need to expect it's going to take, you know, 24 to 48 hours because this is hectic. Yeah, 100%. Um, so anyone who's listening, if they're thinking about engaging a VA, what would be your number one tip for them in terms of like, what do they need to know when they're looking for someone? Like, obviously, they need to know what type of VA they're looking for first. But, you know, what sort of things should they be asking them? I think the first thing they need to ask themselves a lot of questions. Yeah, I have a lot of people come. And I don't know, I think having a VA right now is really trendy. Like, mm. I feel like it's come from a good place. We're over the glamorization of overworking. That's not cool anymore. Don't overwork yourself. So now everyone's like, well, I've got a VA and I've got this. So everyone's kind of jumping on the wagon of I think I need a VA and I get so many messages probably three a week that say, I think I need a VA. And I'm like, you think or you know, because like <laughs> you have to kind of cross that that line first with yourself. You need to sit down and do a lot of mindset work. Is this something you're willing to commit to both financially and with time? Because it's it's going to take communication. You have to be ready to step into a like a leader position where you're able to delegate jobs and you have to kind of go from that whole mindset thing to creating a list of jobs, having an idea of you know what kind of VA you you just said like what kind of VA you might want. A lot of that is sitting down looking at the jobs you require and then figuring out, wow, do these have a trend in them? Is a lot yeah. of this marketing stuff, maybe I should look at someone who's really creative and in tune with marketing skills, or is this a lot of admin stuff? Because there's a lot of people who are niching all over the place. If you're looking at your list and you're going, all I want is Pinterest marketing, then you just find a Pinterest marketing VA. Like, you really have to sit down and reflect. And I say, from the moment you decide you want a VA, or you're gonna start looking, start making a list, and every time, there's a task that you don't enjoy or that takes too long or that you think you could pass over, write it down and don't lose it. Put it in a Trello board or an Asana board so that when you're further down the line of getting ready to outsource, that list is ready. And when you go into a call with someone, you can say, these are the jobs, you know, these are what I need. And you're the person I think that's best suited. So once you've done the mindset work and you've started making a list, start searching. I wouldn't even start searching until you've done that the the beginning layers um go on instagram there's not many on linkedin so i would recommend going on instagram just searching virtual assistant and see who comes up and follow them for a while figure out if they're actually your vibe um i always suggest doing a bit of research just take care of yourself like People forget that this is still hiring someone. It's letting someone in their business. There's a lot of privacy stuff that happens, private stuff that happens. And I think that we quickly fall in love with someone on Instagram and hire them. And we have no idea what their capabilities are. We have no idea if they're well suited to us, if we have the same beliefs and morals. Like to me, I can't work with someone now who's not aligned with me because we're just going to buy it the whole time. And if I don't want to watch their stories, if they're like, I don't want to watch their stuff if I don't actually like them. Yeah. So you need to make sure that this person's actually going to be someone that you feel like you could connect with and work with. And then once you feel like you've found that person, look at their social proof, but be cautious. So I don't share a lot of social proof because I like to keep things confidential. I'm not going to share who I manage on social media because their followers need to think they're following them that a social media manager is not behind their thing. So if someone is always sharing who their clients are, 
think about that if if they're not posting any client testimonials think about that and then feel free to ask for references no one's ever asked me for one before <laughs> but i've got a list and i'm ready to go with them because i think that if you're good at what you do and your clients appreciate you they'll eventually start to to post hints around their socials anyways that yeah. they have you but they'll be more than happy to talk to someone else about your services. So I think that, you know, if we were to hire someone for a job, like a big job, a big role in our business, we would look at resumes. So treat it much the same as that. Have an interview, discuss your goals as a business owner and ask for their goals. I recently listened to a podcast, but not like an Australian business owner. And it was about her VA that scammed her. And I'm like, what? I need to listen to this. Pretty much. They didn't discuss goals. So the business owner didn't realize that the goal of this girl having a VA business was to get to a certain point financially to be able to start her own business as like a real estate person. Yeah. Or what it was that she was doing. So as soon as she hit that point financially, she took off and she was like, well, I don't need to be a VA anymore. So it goes back to that mindset. You get yourself ready to be in this commitment with someone. And I would always say medium to long term. If you're looking to outsource something that's a one task, use Airtasker or Fiverr. Don't get yeah. yourself bound up in a commitment to somebody. So when you're going into a VA, expect medium to long term and expect that they're going to be there with you. So ask them what their plans are, what their goals are, because that's going to help you connect with each other and communicate and cheer each other on as well. Yeah. It's all of the tips. Oh, look, I think outsourcing is probably one of the best things that you can do for your business. I had, I've got Laura who works for me. She's only part time, um, but she's a big part of my team. Obviously I was paying Laura before I was paying myself. And I just, I, I knew that that was the only way that the business was going to be able to grow was if I had that help to be able to take away some of the stuff that was tying me down to, yeah you know, because I had to focus on getting clients in. I had to keep working on that side of things, which that's, so that's been the best thing I've, I've done. Another great thing is, you know, get cleaner. Get rid of some of the tasks in your personal life that, you know, I'd actually rather be sitting, you know, doing a couple of uh, social media posts for myself or a reel or whatever than cleaning. And HelloFresh, God, that's been a lifesaver in this house for us. Like if nothing else, it takes the decisions. They're like, we get decision fatigue and, you know, taking away some of those tasks in your personal life so you can focus on your business is massively important too. Um, But the other thing with getting a VA, because again, like, like I said, Laura has been a brilliant asset in my business and I've loved having someone working alongside me which is great but just be careful um because I've seen this happen so many times don't just get another you get what it is that you don't like doing because you know yeah yeah this is so bad you can this is where you tell I work with a lot of naturopaths and nutritionists it's like what you put in your body (laughs) your your micro burden your micro whatever microbiome needs diversity we need to feed it different foods all the time yeah that that comes into mind but it's very much the same which is why when I was looking for someone I wanted them to be different and offer someone I don't need someone that I'm going to butt heads with because they're going well no I believe social media should be this and I'm going blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't need someone to butt heads with. we need someone you can work well with and learn yeah. from each other yeah that's oh, a big thing right about that 
Yeah, I, I think that that's really important. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of crossover um, in some things, but you, you essentially want to have different strengths because if not, you're just replicating. And you're and like the best um, example I ever got was from a lawyer friend, and he told me about this mechanic who was so snowed under. He had to do his books and he had to fix all of these vehicles. So what he did was he went and hired another mechanic, then spent like hours and hours in the office trying to fix his books, where he should have just got a bookkeeper. And he'd yeah. have been out there playing with the cars, doing what he loves and he'd have done that so much quicker made more money instead of like his hourly rate was then in the back doing books something he didn't enjoy and wasn't why he started the business and i think as small business owners we are all susceptible to that that we get so caught up in what we love doing that we're like oh we need another me like we need, i need someone else like me yeah we're all guilty of saying it because like, ideally if you could have an extra you be awesome yeah. but no one is ever you no. no one's ever going to be you. And I think that's another part of the mindset thing is that when you're thinking about outsourcing, you have to remember that people are different. Yep. And often you might have one VA, but that VA has 15 clients. So yeah. you're not always going to be the number one priority. Everyone is a priority. So you have to remember, oh, wow, I need to put this task in there now so that Brittany and Alex have time this week to allocate to that project. Nothing happens like this. We are genies in the bottle. We have the figures of them. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't, but like we, you know, no one is a magician. So as much as you think I could sit down tonight and do that myself on Canva and have it done, well then do that because you're still allowed as a business owner to do those things. But yeah. if you're outsourcing, make sure the person has enough time and that you have that expectation that, things aren't going to happen right away. Yes. No, I love that. Thank you for all those tips. They're awesome. For anyone who's listening and is considering a VA or outsourcing anything at the moment, there's some great things to, to consider. And I know that you recently did another, I don't know if it was a blog as well, but you definitely did a post about all your tips on selecting the right VA and what to consider. So that's a good resource for anyone else who is also interested in getting a VA in the future. So mm. Brett, what is coming up for you? What's next? No idea. Meg, we actually met up for lunch. When was it? January? Yeah. She asked me, like, what are your business goals this year? And I'm like, to chill out. <laughs> like, I feel like last year was like so much, everything, everything. And I think what's what's coming for with me is a lot of nourishment. Like, I need to get back to being a mom and a friend and like a daughter and a wife. And for me, that means focusing on the clients that I have and really elevating their businesses. So now we're doing um, group meetings every fortnight so people can meet each other if they want, which was like a bit ooh last week because I work with a lot of people in the same industry who don't know I work with, you know, their people. Yeah. So it's like, come if you wish, you know, like introduce yourself. But it gives us the opportunity to bring social media clients together and virtual assistant clients together to be like, this week let's talk about email marketing because my social media clients don't really know so much about what we do as marketing VAs. And now we're allowing them to, okay, if you're a client here, you can be a client here as well. Like we can bring it and package it all together. So we're yeah. doing these group kind of coaching classes where we're talking about different topics. So everyone is understanding and learning and getting to know each other. So I really want to nourish the clients I have. And in doing so, it takes off some of the pressure on onboarding all the time. Yeah. and hoping to do a digital product in March. 
it will be very specific to a niche that a lot of people like it will mean nothing to them but it's one that i know is going to work so excited about that and then there's a few free ebooks in the pipeline one about preparing to outsource yeah. um and yeah i think just with b what are we doing that's it we're just trying to keep growing i guess growing in the sense of like i don't know i don't know what we're growing we're just growing <laughs> we're you going are to canada growing. at some point we're going to canada <laughs> we're getting on a plane and we're going you think this year yep okay manifesting it it's happening okay yeah. a hack podcast the other day can you uh, manifest my mom and dad here as well please <laughs> I think manifesting them here will be harder than me getting. Yeah. Going to Canada is, sorry, Canadian government, if you're listening, pretty easy in comparison to coming to Australia. So the fear is going to Canada and getting stuck. Yes. Um, that like three day hotel quarantine and then you can stay in an Airbnb, like staycation, what up? <laughs> Sounds great. Um, that's just new. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. But yes, manifesting a trip to Canada, need to get home, need to see my people. So this year, it's all kind of in the lead up to that. I can't take too much on this year because I do want to go away. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Quickly tell everyone how they can find you uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. You can find me on Instagram. I'm hoping you're going to post my handle somewhere because I'm not even entirely sure what it is. <laughs> Work.with.b, I think. Um, connecting with me on Instagram is your smartest way of getting in touch because it's really the only one I focus any of my own personal time on for my own brand. I'm on Facebook um, and I'm on LinkedIn and I get lots of messages on LinkedIn. So thank you to anyone who's inquired um, through LinkedIn. That's really Because LinkedIn's wonderful. <laughs> oh. Honestly, how many times do I get on my stories and say, I just got another inquiry from LinkedIn if you're not on there yet? Like Instagram is saturated with virtual assistants and there's none on LinkedIn. So I just get messages and they're big jobs. They're not small jobs. They're like, we'll sign up for a 12 month contract and we need 30 hours a week. And I'm like, who has 23 hours a week? <laughs> LinkedIn is your money network. Yeah, it really is. So, um, you can connect with me on here if you feel like it. But if you want more banter and personal brand stuff, I would suggest Instagram because that's where the real real is happening. Yes. That's happening over there. Yeah. That's where the real B comes out. That's where B comes out and sometimes disappears for periods of time because that's part of my brand. Disappearing <laughs> out. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Brittany. I've loved our chat. I always love all of our catch-ups anyway. Um, so if anyone else wants to get into the banter with uh, Britt, you just need to get onto her Instagram, work with B, and I will put your handle down below so that other people can find you as well. Thank you. Mad love to you and the one Bye. person watching at the moment. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Personal Branding Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, then please listen to some more, but also share it with your friends and leave a review. I'm a pretty new podcast, so that means quite a lot for me and I really appreciate your kind words. Social media, if you have any feedback or you just want to just want to chat, really, send me a message. I'm normally found on Instagram or LinkedIn. They're where I like to hang out, but I do have Facebook if that's your thing. And also on the website, you can get my details there and you can get in touch. 
Thank you so much for getting this far. If you want a little bit more though, these episodes actually go out live every Tuesday at 8pm Western Standard Time here in Western Australia at 8pm, which if you're in Canada or America, that'll be first thing in the morning for you so you can uh, listen over your morning coffee and if you're in the UK, it'll be over your lunch break. I speak to these amazing people every single Tuesday and they just expose their personal brands to us. They tell us what makes them tick, what motivates them. We hear their stories of where they've come from and where they are now and how they got there. There's loads you can take from this, lots of uh, motivation and inspiration. Like These people are awesome and they really niche down. They know what it is that they're doing, so there's so much to take away from them. I have got this amazing lineup of people coming up, so make sure it's in your diary, 8pm Western Standard Time and the podcast drops every Wednesday. Till next time.